Hello there. So I think we've gathered by now that I quite like to do a little preface on an episode. Um, Although this one is about ghost stories, we wanted to add a trigger warning because we discuss grief and loss and we get a little bit emotional. So please be gentle on yourselves as this is quite a heavy episode, but also a fun one. Hi, I'm Steph. And I'm Elspeth. We are Keep You Company. And we are here to be your mates whilst you can't be with your mates. That was an exciting one, that one, wasn't it? That was a really good one. I wish we'd recorded the bit where we start to record. (laughs) Do you want to do it again, just for fun? Three, two, one, bam! Hello! Hello, everyone! Hello, welcome to surprisingly good energy from us both today. I've bounced back from about ten minutes ago I was... I wasn't on the floor, per se. <laughs> we've we've had a strug, haven't we? I'm just it's having a... a struggle of a day. That's it. It's nothing's really happened. I'm just having just today my f- brain function is is uh is, well, it's, my brain is slightly slower than my mouth today, apparently. <laughs> I think the thing is like it's like what we were saying in um episode 2, like we're on that uh this is life train at the moment, so it's quite hard to get consistent with stuff. But um but we're, yeah, we're building that energy back up again. I think we the are. lighter evenings are starting to help too. And also, we have actually postponed this week's episode twice now to make sure <laughs> that we come with, to you with much better energy. Um, not that we didn't come with good energy before, but on Wednesday, we um, had to postpone recording due to some unforeseen circumstances that we're yep. not going to go into at the moment, but... Uh, the topic may come up on a later episode. Um, it may do, yeah. And then last night we went to record and uh, all hell broke loose. It was <laughs> just everything, everything, everything that could go everything wrong that could, was just... Yeah, <laughs> I was about to say the same thing. <laughs> just, everything that could go wrong did go wrong. It was half an hour of just Chaos. frustration before we both was like, right, let's just take 10 minutes and come back. And during those 10 minutes, we never came back. <laughs> No, and, and I think we both deep down knew that neither of us were going to come back from that. We had tried. I think we've been sat on Zoom for about an hour. And, we had, um, yeah. I was waiting for Campbell to come home so the dogs didn't bark like last week. But then he, I don't know what he was doing, bless him. He'd, he'd just gone for a drive. Um, so he hadn't come home. I had, draw, I was about to say draw ache, that's not it, jaw ache from how much stress is happening in my life at the moment. And then all of our technology just broke, all of it. Like my my laptop fan, and you know when just everything and you just give up, you just go, nah, yeah, it's not for us today. For me, it was just the end of a Friday, <laughs> so I just I got it was Friday. That was it, the end of a Friday, and so I was just ready to go to, to go, just go anywhere. We were ambitious to even consider recording on a Friday afternoon evening. Like the concept of a Friday evening being an enjoyable time right now is stressful i'm proud that we tried i'm then also really proud that we acknowledge the fact it was not the right time yeah yeah i'm really proud of us for quitting i think there's a real power in going do you know what this isn't working right now leave it come back to it because i used to very much be a person that would go no we have to get this thing perfect and finished right now otherwise i'd get really stressed out um i'm absolutely as well wholeheartedly blaming it on mercury retrograde Oh, 100%, which, 
for anyone. <laughs> so you're just calling me a witch. Hundred <laughs> percent witch. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, but yeah. I mean, I'm not. Oh, I, I just. I mean, it might be a witch. I mean, the amount of spirituality and therapy and stuff I'm involved in. If I was around 200 years ago, I probably would have been burnt at the stake. Did you ever mix, like, Radox and shampoo together in the bath to make potions? Like, I had a measuring jug in the bath and I'd mix all of the different soaps and conditioners and much to my mum's absolute hatred because I would use, I would use, like, a litre of bubble bath every bath because I'd just be making soapy potion. (laughs) I never did the potions thing. I mean, but as an adult, I do read angel cards. But they're like happier tarot cards. And they just go down with the whole route of, I'm going to blame horoscopes and something else for what's going on in my life rather than my own decisions. Well, it's not quite the same as putting Eye of Newt into a stew, is it? Um. So to give you an explanation of what Mercury Retrograde is, it is essentially... Um, when the planet Mercury, it moves in the opposite direction, or it looks like it moves in the opposite direct opposite, as in the, the opposite spinning direction on its axis, Earth. or the way it moves around the sun. Just for clarification, this is too many questions. Oh, okay, we got two spaces. <laughs> we got two spaces too quick. Two spaces. Hard, hard, too hard, 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 hard. Um. <laughs> basically okay i'm just reading off google it says three or four times a year the planet mercury is said to go retrograde that is to say it moves in an opposite direction to planet earth planets move from east to west around the sun oh okay there we go that's the answer to my question if only, if only i had just read four words ahead um and when mercury turns to move from the west to east instead that is when mercury is in retrograde essentially in layman's terms I'm just blaming all of my problems on a planet appearing to be going backwards. But it's said to be where a lot of our emotions and stuff is rooted. So and I think it's linked to like technology. Although my mum today this. my mum today was like because I told her about last night's filming and how it kind of just went a bit tits up and she was like, Oh well, you know, the air pressure's just mucking about with all of the signals and I was like, You've just made that completely up but actually that's Exactly the same as saying Mercury retrograde. What things did um, that just made me think? What things did people make up when you were a kid? Because that I was listening to something the other day, and they were talking about um, making stuff up to keep kids happy, and it reminded me of um, when I was younger. My brother used to get uh, new school shirts, and he'd always think they were really itchy, and he'd get really stressed out by them. And so my parents used to tell him tell him that if they were ironed and inside out then when you first get them then it makes them not itchy all they used to do was go into the room next door and just stand there for five minutes and then bring it back in you'd be like oh yeah much better they, they wouldn't even they wouldn't all. even iron it inside out like i mean they probably at did at some point for the, the <laughs> dramatic effect <laughs> but it got i don't like he still then continued to do it for a really long time and there were loads of other things like you know the rumble strips on the road like when you're coming up to a junction and it you can feel like the bumpiness yeah okay I was so worried there because I was like I don't know what she's talking about and I've got I have a driving license and I should know I should know what this is (laughs) um my dad I remember when I was a kid he told me that they were so blind drivers knew when to slow down at junctions 
I thought that was what they were for. No, not blind drivers. This is no, 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 no. no. You've told Incorrect. me. I think you've told me the, your dad used to tell you a lot of lies about adulthood stuff, didn't he? Like, <laughs> yeah, that's a podcast for another day. But <laughs> yeah, no, there were many, many practical jokes. He was a funny man. My. I don't have a lot, I don't think, that I can remember off the top of my head. My dad used to say, um, if I didn't eat the crusts of my sandwich, then my hair wouldn't go grow curly. But as a child, yeah, he'd be like, if you eat the crusts... Oh, yeah, no, yeah, if you eat them, they go curly, yeah. Your hair goes curly. And I'd be like, I don't want curly hair! And I'd go mad about it. I always thought that was weird. I always thought that was weird because I was like, I feel like it's quite cool to have curly hair now. But when we were kids, it was like... No, no, you want, like, poker straight hair. Like, you've got to have the straightest hair possible. And Curly wasn't cool. So I was like, why are you trying to get me to eat my crusts? And, and also, have uncool hair. Why at, like, six did we have some weird kind of thing of what was cool with our hair? Like, imagine being six and being like, Curly hair isn't cool. Like, it's just... Yeah, now they're all, like, six and watching YouTube tutorials on how to do the perfect smoky eye. And I'm still sat here with one eyebrow bigger than the other. Um, Okay, so we've opened, I think, quite entertainingly on the fact that we've gone down the spiritual route today, which lines up spectacularly for our theme, which is ghost stories. However, we're going to do our little check-in as per first. So how has your week been? My week's been... Considering my weird upside down Mercury retrograde mood, my week's been really, really quite exciting actually. I've got oh, I've got a few updates. I mean, first of all, I ha- I do. I've got legitimate updates for both Els and and the listeners on previous discussions we've had on the podcast. I'm so ready. I passed my anatomy course on my yoga Hooray. teacher training. So snaps for you! Woohoo! Got that? How many hours? Done. How many hours have you done now? So that was a twenty. It was a separate twenty-hour course. Um, oh, is that separate from the two hundred, or is that part well, of the two? It's included in the two hundred, but it's like it's like an outsourced bit of the course. So it's done. To give a bit of context as well. I just realised I brushed over that. So Steph is doing um, her two hundred hours yoga teacher training, which is like your main qualification to start yoga teaching. So yeah. It does what it says on the tin. We love Basically. saying that. Yeah. Um, so I passed that, which is great. Which, But it does mean that I now have to actually start, like, filming myself teaching, which is, you're so excited for, but I'm like... Bleh. Do you know why I'm so excited? Tell everybody what you filmed this week. Oh, my God. You'll have all seen this, hopefully, by the time you listen to this episode. But this week I was asked by my work to record a tutorial of me... Uh, cooking a pancake. <laughs> cooking, <laughs> cooking a pancake. Well, do you bake was, a pancake so or cook good. a pancake or fry a pancake? But yeah, pan- I, it was only like two and a half minutes and it was just a bit of fun because, I mean, no one really needs a tutorial for making pancakes. No, I really, really do. Like, you you underestimate how difficult pancakes are. She says this and the video has you doing a perfect pancake flip and I'm literally there like, <laughs> what the fuck? I mainly, I mainly did that because I knew people at work, uh, I mean... You know me anyway. I'm very cat-handed. Like, I'm really clumsy. <laughs> There's very few things I can do. <laughs> I 
I can flip a pancake. And I knew that everyone would be like, Steph can't do that. So I was like, Honestly? I'm going to do it. And I did it three times. And I did it in slow-mo. <laughs> the best part of the video is the fact that you you don't even hype it up. You just do it. And you're like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, that's I how you, that. and actually, I think I do finish it off with, and that's how you make a pancake. As if to be like, <laughs> I did so it. So we are actually going to share this because I... I always buy pre-made pancake mix because I just can't get it right. I was about to be mad at you and then I remembered that this morning I had not even pre-made pancake mix, but like shop oh, yeah, you just had pre-made in, in pancakes in a packet, like not even the mix. <laughs> I just put them in the microwave, which is so bad considering I did this tutorial. But my dad bought yeah. them, I didn't buy them and I had a really nice breakfast. So I see, I see. blame your dad. Right, so your first, your first so, yeah. bits of news. First news. You've done those. Second bit of news. We have is a Duncan. We do. We yes. have a Duncan from Blue update. Can we beep, do a theme beep. for this? Where's the? Um, we should have a theme, and also a little bit of that. You know, like when you walk into the club and it goes. That's this is it. So it's Duncan, Duncan from, from Blue, Blue update. Blah, 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 blue. <laughs> Duncan from Blue. <laughs> Duncan found blue update to Stephanie. So, in the middle of, I'm now talking into my biro like a microphone because <laughs> I've gotten so excited. Um, so this week, uh, a parcel arrived through my door. It wasn't Duncan, or was it? We weren't sure if it was Duncan, and I'm not going to say the no, name. No, I meant the parcel wasn't Duncan. Well, it. Oh no! Wait. The parcel wasn't. Oh, I meant. I meant he didn't physically wrap himself up and arrive after listening to episode one. Oh, that would have been good though. But anyway, like, basically, Hi. a parcel came through my door and it was addressed to somebody named Duncan, and I was like, I was like, I'm pushing it here, but I've got Duncan from Blue's parcel in my house, <laughs> and I was like freaking <laughs> out. So I messaged Els and I was like look at this I was like look what I've look what's in my house like he's not in his house and it's come to my house and the thing is is all the postmen and like stuff around my my road know that there's always someone in at my house so we always get like all the parcels that are undelivered we're basically yeah we're the uh the glorified post office yeah um and so it's quite normal for us to have packages from people up and down the street but this was literally Duncan and he it's a different name um which I'm guessing is just for his own kind of... So yeah, people don't just open like, oh his stuff. Oh my God, stuff. Duncan from Blue lives there. Hello. Well, like people like me <laughs> like would find you. his stuff, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, and I was like, right, we're not even going to deliver it to his house. We're not even going to like go out. I'm going to wait until he comes and knocks on the door. Like, I was like, nobody touch the parcel. Leave the parcel I'm pretty by sure the your door. work friends... What did your work friends say? They said I was a freak. And a stalker. Oh no! Oh, I didn't even mean that bit. I meant I'm pretty sure they said if you were on a Zoom call, like in a Zoom meeting, whilst he comes to the door, you have to take yes, the laptop. Yes, this was you it. I had door. I had two meetings booked in for that day, and one was like an internal work meeting with my colleagues, and one was like an external meeting with like with the same colleagues, but um, like with some external people as well, like not from our company. So not really the people you could take to the door with you. <laughs> no. So in the first call, which was with the internal call, where they basically I'd said that this could happen and that I've got Duncan's parcel and he's going to knock on my door today. And they said, if he knocks on your door, you have to take the laptop downstairs with you on Zoom. 
and make Duncan sing to <laughs> us all. Like you're allowed to go and speak to him, but that's your that's the price you have to pay. And I was like, okay, fine. Do you imagine like, oh hi Duncan from Blue. So I talked about you on my podcast last week, and now I'd like all of my work friends to meet you on Zoom. <laughs> can you say you don't know you, this, but can, we live really close to each other. Can you please sing? Sorry, seems to be the hardest word for everybody because that was the one that they requested. <laughs> um, but unfortunately, what happened was he knocked on the door during the the call, which was external. And I heard the knock on the door and I immediately put everything on my laptop on mute and smashed into the keyboard (laughs) on the work Zoom chat like, he's here, he's here. (laughs) And I didn't want to like go running down the stairs. So what I did instead was I just kind of stood near the the door upstairs whilst my mum answered the door. And I thought, right, I'll just, I'll just listen. Because it's weird if two people open the front door, isn't it? Like, I'll just listen to his concert. I'll just listen. I didn't want to get too involved. Like, I don't want to make him feel... I don't want to make she him just feel dressed uncomfortable up like Lee picking instead. up his parcel. <laughs> just, yeah, I just drank up his Anthony Costa. Went um, like, oh, long time no see. But then my mum answered the door and I heard him and he said hello to my mum and I was like, oh my God, Duncan from Blue is talking to my mum. To my mum. And then the dog went outside. And I could hear my mum going, come on, come on. And I'm going, Chili, my dog is probably sniffing Duncan from Blue Shoes right now. Like, she's out there. And I think he might have given her a little head pat as well. And then I didn't come downstairs, but by this point I'd made my way out of the room and into the landing. (laughs) And my my mum closed the door to basically find me, like, four steps down the stairs. And she just went, that was Duncan from Blue. And I was like, I know. Is that the first time she's met him? Well, yeah. But she doesn't know. Is that not the weirdest? But is that not the weirdest thing that we talked about him like two weeks ago? I bet he got that parcel delivered to your house on And I know that he's been staying there basically since the first lockdown. Um, Which has nearly been a year. And I've not seen him apart from once when he put the bins out and we caught eyes. I've, like, I've seen him, like, I follow him on social medias because I'm a a blue fan anyway. I'm a blue fan anyway, but obviously since I found this out, I was like, well, I'm going to follow him more. (laughs) (laughs) Physically, I'm going to stop following him on social media and start physically following him. But it's amazing. The thing is, he was on Loose Women, um... This week, on that day. Did he do the... I saw him on something last night as well. Oh, that Celebrities on the Farm. Yeah, he's on Celebrities on the Farm at the moment. With, like, Kerry so Katona bad. and stuff. I've not watched it, but I can Don't. just imagine. But, um, yeah, it's just madness. He was on Loose Women, and then he came round to my house and picked up a parcel. And I just think that's the maddest thing of all time. <laughs> and all I did was sit in this room going... Ah. I love how you're like, oh, nothing's really happened to me this week except for this, this, this. And Duncan from came, Duncan from came to my house, went to blue. Duncan from came to my house. Um, What a good week! It's been a mad week. I think it's why I'm now quite upside down now that it's the weekend because the the actual week itself has had such bizarre. Also, we've thrown our routine off. We got into quite a good routine of like, we'll look forward to Wednesday recording, then we look forward to Sunday release. And we just, yeah, we went all out of sorts this week. We smushed it up, didn't we? Yeah, but we're building our way back up. And one thing we always say is like, and especially how I feel today, I'm so proud of us that every single time we hit a wall, we go, 
okay, right, yeah, we'll just accept that wall and then tomorrow we'll try again. And I feel like it's really important for us both to be able to have that yeah. We're not letting moment. it we're not letting it defeat us or oh, shit. or feeling Sorry, bad or guilty for about. it's okay. For like taking <laughs> taking time for ourselves. Um Oh, how massively. Was, how was your week? I know your week's been... I mean, your week's are always bananas and upside down, I feel like. Do you know what? My... A lot of... <laughs> my friends will refer to me as the dickhead magnet. Um, and honestly, over the years... I just need to turn my hair up. Um, <laughs> getting serious now. Over the years, I've always... I always seem to in, end up in scenarios and situations that are either overly dramatic, overly stressful, and... I hope you can back me up on this. Like these days in particular, I do my best to avoid the drama. I'm just like, okay, can we just try and coast? Like, get through. And then, yeah, so Wednesday came along. I'm not going to tell too many details, but essentially I was supposed to do a shoot on Thursday. It was meant to be a fitness shoot. The day before, it was then insinuated that this shoot would become sexy. And that's a, a collective of red flags for me because, A, I'm not sexy i'm just me i'm a person and i do fitness i'm a powerful woman i'm a strong woman i'm very comfortable in my skin but what i will not do is change the narrative of how i present myself in this world to appease uh a last minute plan change essentially for the male gaze and that is all i shall say on the matter but um as you can imagine my brain went completely out the window upside down everything you can possibly think of because if you live with trauma and you live with mental health issues something like that can make you feel incredibly unsafe and for one of the first times in my life I genuinely felt incredibly empowered by just saying no I am so proud of you the way Me Ailes, too. the way Ailes <laughs> handled this situation like um she screenshot me some of some of what was going on and I know that she screenshot it to some other friends as well and I think all of us had the same reaction was which was not necessarily that what this person was suggesting or doing was madly extreme. It wasn't wild. But that's, but that's part of the problem, I think, because yeah. it still made you feel uncomfortable and unsafe. And I think yeah. there's so many girls, um, and even boys, that will put themselves through things that makes them feel unsafe and uncomfortable just because they think that that's... But they have to accept that kind of, like, behaviour or attitude or because yeah. it's normal and it's kind of like... I'm so proud that you didn't put yourself through that because I would have been scared for you having if you'd have gone through with it, even it though before... it, it may have been misconstrued words. It may be that the guy or the, the person didn't yeah. know what was going on like or didn't really know how to act. But ultimately, you did what was best for you. And I'm so proud of you for doing that. Thank you. I think for me, um, I have spent a lifetime being made to believe that women should essentially bow down and look professional and be nice and kind and happy and all of these lovely other adjectives. But you know what? Sometimes that's not me. Sometimes I'm just going to say, actually, no, this makes me feel uncomfortable. And whether other people may not see that that situation is uncomfortable, that's fine. If something makes me feel unsafe and me feel uncomfortable, I'm going to say no and then that's that I think 
we all need to practice saying no a hell of a lot more. And I think I made the mistake for a long time of thinking saying no to people was more about putting emotional boundaries in so that I didn't take on other people's problems. And I guess um, I've been fortunate for a long time to work on the photography side of things. So I was technically conducting the shoot when I'm a photographer. So I will, um, I will determine the energy. I will have a huge say in the concept. I will be able to um, help keep models safe and I'll be able to have an overview of all of that. Being put on the other side of that, I do the occasional fitness modelling, I don't, it's not something I do full time, but I mean I do a lot of yoga, a lot of boxing, a lot of running bits and pieces, weightlifting, whatever, and I enjoy it, and if someone asks me to do it, I'll do it. But it really, 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 really opened my eyes up to how mistreated people are on the other side of the camera, because you are suddenly, you have suddenly, I suddenly went from being in a position of power to then being the one that's being objectified. And I understand there's an element with modelling where you are going to have to do some stuff that you probably wouldn't really expect, but I think there's a difference between not expecting something and feeling unsafe. So anyway, <laughs> give you an idea, that was an idea of my Wednesday. Uh, that was the reason why we pushed recording back originally, because it was just too much stress. It gets to my brain and uh, yeah. So, I think, has that been my main thing this week? I feel like something else happened yesterday. <clears throat> yesterday we just tried to film and life went upside down. But oh, so that I was... Think, <laughs> do you know what? Stuff is always happening that we're... It's, Elsa's, yeah. Elsa's life is just somehow... Like, she'll just go to the shop and then for some reason, like, some someone <laughs> will be just an absolute arsehole for no reason, like, or do something really weird. And then we just have to... Do, we have to like analyze that for the rest of the week. <laughs> <laughs> I think the thing is like um at the amount of times in my life that I have been told that I'm too sensitive or I'm the other end of the spectrum and I'm arrogant or I'm too bossy or I'm scary and this that and the other I've realized it's taken me my whole life up until my 30s and I still don't fully know how to navigate it now but I spent so long trying to appease every single other person and we're told, like, okay, you need to fit into the world. And I'm going, do you know what, actually? No, the world needs to fit around me now. I, I can't be bothered. I'm going to be sensitive. I'm going to enjoy being sensitive. And it's going to make me very happy because, actually, being sensitive has led me to this. Being sensitive has led me to connect with so many incredible, wholesome, lovely, wonderful people. More so than being a tough bitch and appeasing people who are going to expect me to look a certain way, to fit a certain ideal, when actually being sensitive has brought me all kinds of people who don't actually expect anything from me. And I'm like, who would I rather be friends with? The people who don't expect anything from me that go, yay, sensitivity. Or the people go, you're too this, you're too that, you're too this. Now do how, like, be how I want you to be. Well, literally, like, I was, I was going to say, and I'd been thinking about this anyway, so it's funny that you've brought this up, but I was just thinking that as... As someone who works in both the corporate world and then you're just a female in society, you're either told constantly that you're taking yourself too seriously and that is bad and how dare you want self-respect and stand up for yourself or on the on the flip side, you're told that you don't take yourself seriously enough and that you should be doing more and you should be this hard-faced bitch and we should all be fucking CEOs of the company and it's like, 
I don't know how to do either of those. Please just let me... If I want to stand up for myself one day, then I will. And if the next day I want to just grin and bear it and move on, then I will too. It's kind of like whatever works best for you. It shouldn't just be because of what everyone else is saying you should do to, like you say, to appease people. Yeah, and we're multifaceted human beings. Like, every single person is. And one of the biggest mistakes I ever made was trying to identify myself... Or identify... Wow, that was my stomach. Was it? I thought that was the chair. <laughs> no! <laughs> One of the biggest mistakes that I made um, <clears throat> was trying to base my identity on one aspect of myself. So for a long time it would be that I was the fun party girl, whatever. Mm-hmm. Then it would be, oh, I'm the photographer. Then it was, oh, I'm the photographer and the illustrator. And then I started to realise, like... You're basing yourself on on one thing, and it also again it used to be one like, that I was hard faced, and then it was oh I'm an incredibly vulnerable person. Now I'm like no I'm all of these. I'm both of them, and I think we need to massively embrace that. And you're right, it falls into every single element of the world. It doesn't matter whether you're a model or a photographer or you're in a corporate environment, and even as a CEO, you're going to get the same treatment and the same like comments made to you just in a different under a different guise and I think um we can spend our lives working towards keeping other people happy but the reality is as soon as you make one set of people happy somebody else is going to be unhappy so do you do you keep continuing to chase that or do you just go fuck it time for me to make me happy yeah making other people (laughs) making other people happy is (laughs) never going to make you happy and I wish I hadn't spent 28 years of my life not knowing that anyway no because the thing <laughs> is it's 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 taught you shit and I don't think I don't want anyone to listen to this and be like oh I regret everything I've done because no one really 100% knows what the fuck they're doing or who they are or whether they're happy some days I'll wake up and I'll be like oh I'm such a powerful bitch and I'll be like yeah and then other days I'll be like ah, no one wants me I hate myself sometimes hill. sometimes you're Beyonce and sometimes you're Michelle <laughs> genuinely forgot about Michelle but either way <laughs> you're still in Destiny's Child so yeah exactly we still love you Michelle exactly right now I'm moving us on because I am yeah. excited I'm excited too <laughs> right guys we've got so many submissions from you guys on ghost stories we've got our own little pieces to say um hell yeah i just wanted to begin this with um we've done our best to um kind of compile the ghost stories without reading them so we are reading yeah i haven't read any of them yet no i all (laughs) i've done is put them into the word document so i can scroll and read i've not even like skim read them so please that's more than i've done mate Please be mindful of the fact that we're reading these for the first time, so there's a 98% chance we're going to get the words wrong. (laughs) I mean, even if it wasn't for the first time, we'll probably get the words wrong. Yeah, so that's number one. (laughs) Number two is we we wanted the shock uh, and our reactions to be genuine. Um, Oh, yeah. So that's number two reason. And number three is we might not have replied to anyone on the social medias because we've been trying to avoid actually reading these. So for anyone that submitted... Um, and there was a delay in responses. It's also because we've been postponing the episode all week as well. So we haven't yep. been able to actually be like, thank you, that's terrifying or amazing or spooky or creepy. But we I are can't so get grateful. past the fact that you call social media social medias. 
like a nana calling Audi, Audis. Every time I hear it, all I can think of is, yeah, that's your nan side coming out. Because it's plural. There's more than one social... Not social media. Well, I guess media is a plural, isn't it? But I really like it. it it's such a nana's way of doing it. it made me very On aware the of it now. On the Facebook. No, please don't, please don't let it go. Okay, I won't. Our social <laughs> such a quiet. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, I think we'll do a little tag team. Do you want to start with your first? We'll do our own stories first. Yeah. And then we'll finish off with other people's. So, I haven't so. actually got my own story. I've never seen or experienced anything in my life. But, um... Spooky. Spooky. I know, I'm getting in the mood now. <laughs> I might turn the lights off. Spooky Wonderland. Wait, that's... No, spooky it's Spooky Wonderland. wonderland. <laughs> <laughs> Different version of Winter Wonderland. Spooky Wonderland like coming it. to you um, in February. But as mentioned in the pilot, my dad has a story. Oh, yeah. So, to set the scene, my dad used to run, work and live in uh, one of our local pubs in the area. Um but the, the specific pub is really, really old. It's known to be haunted. It's like, like the building itself, I think, is like hundreds of years old. It's like a listed building. Um, yeah. Protected, that kind of thing. I've had friends who have worked there since and they've heard rumours. Um, so, so this pub itself, this building itself, is known to have some kind of spookiness. Um, There's some attitude there. I think I drank. I think I drank there when I was like eighteen or nineteen because my friend worked there, and it was one of those places where, obviously, when the lights are on, it's fine, but like even going to the toilet at like nine o'clock in the evening, you'd be like, "Can someone come with me?" Because you're not. I'm not walking through them corridors. Like it's just it's got that vibe. Um, but my dad used to, as I say, work there, run the pub, live there. Um, and he, he told us um, he was sleeping there one night and he said he woke up in the middle of the night um, and it was, it, was, it was dark in his room but he could like see what was in the room and there was a man stood at the foot of his bed um, and he had long like red hair and beard and when I was like, Dad, what do you mean long red hair and beard? Because in my head it was like a clown almost. And he was like, like <laughs> no, but he said it's like a like a pirate, like um like, like a long leather rusty red. Yeah, like a rusty red beard, Ginge. um, like a brown leather kind of coat, um, and that kind of like haggard, piratey yeah. type, and almost like Fagin from Oliver was my other um Yeah, I'm getting that vibe. My dad's really rubbish at explaining stories or being able to describe <laughs> things. So I'm having to translate his version of this um <laughs> so think of fagin pirate um only upper body he couldn't see anything lower body it was just Is the that upper body he was at the end of the bed or he was just a floating torso? just floating we did ask that we did Ugh. say is that because you can't you couldn't see or yeah i was like he if he's in bed it's just the angle no, he was floating and he was staring at my dad like staring him in the eyes um this but wasn't moving and my dad said he had like a pulley light switch um yeah. above the bed and he tried to reach up to grab it and he literally couldn't move his arms like he couldn't he couldn't lift up and he said him and this this thing just looked at each other my dad said he was terrified um was it definitely not like sleep uh, sleep paralysis i mean it might have been but 
But Because that sounds like a night terror. It does sound like a night terror, but my dad's never had anything like that before or since. Yeah. So that's number one. Um, eventually, I think he like blinked or something and it disappeared. Right. And as soon as it disappeared, he was able to lift his... I've just dished the microphone. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. As soon as he um, it disappeared, he could lift his arm up and turn the light oh, on. That's horrible. And he said... He didn't go back to sleep for the rest of the night and he just sat there with the light, with the lights on, like just like terrified. But when he went down like in the morning for breakfast and like told some of the other staff that worked there, um, they were like, oh, yeah, basically like hundreds of years ago. Nope. A man like that basically fit in that description, like died on the there was like a, a oh. street, a street brawl, I think it was. And one man died on the footsteps of the anchor fit in that. Oh, that's horrible. Description. But like there's other, there's like old lady. It's kind of like Hampton Court. It's one of those places that's got like old lady ghosts and all sorts of things. But yeah. <laughs> old lady ghosts. That's my dad's <laughs> story. And I really, literally, ever since I heard that as a kid, I'm like, there's got to be something because my, it would be really I feel weird. like there's something about old pubs as well. But there's so many, you can, there's a lot of feelings in old pubs. Yeah, I need to do some kind of research on... But the part of our little village where it is, is like the old but original part of the village. And it's, I think it's quite an old farming village. Like it's been around for like hundreds of years. Um, yeah. But that's, I know. And especially for someone who doesn't believe in anything like that. Yeah. And now he's like, yeah, I believe in, I believe in ghosts. It's just not the kind of. You wouldn't see him watching Yvette Fielding and the Ghost Adventurers, and yet he's seen. <laughs> <laughs> I love stuff like that, man. But yeah, that's my so my dad's pub story. That's it's the fact that there was the death as well. That's the bit that gets me is that there's like been people that's died there. We used to live in an old pub um, when I was about I think it was thirteen to eighteen, and it didn't run, but it still had um, still. Had both bars, restaurant and everything downstairs, but landlord wanted us to live on it in it to cover the insurance and just have someone on the premises and we needed somewhere to live. Anyway, um it had like an old part of the house and a new part of the house. Um and I found out mm, probably about four years into living there that a man shot himself in nineteen forty in my bedroom. <gasps> and you were sleeping in the room. Yeah, it really didn't bother me. Oh. I'm quite okay with spirits. I don't know why. But I also, in that same house, I also used to have a recurring nightmare that we had an upstairs living room and I used to have a recurring nightmare that I was standing in the living room looking out over, and it looked out over the Morgan Hills. This was when I lived in uh, Worcester. And it was like, you could see all these different houses in the distance. And one by one, each house would blow up until it came to my house. And then I'd obviously wake up. But there was a lot of weird stuff that happened in that house. Um, like we got burgled once. Someone had done over all the um, all the pubs in the area, <clears throat> and they had. <laughs> it's actually quite funny. They were clearly just trying their luck because they'd put fingerprints everywhere. But I remember me and my dad had gone downstairs in the morning, and my dad was like, Did you, "Have you left the back door open?" And I was like, "No." And they were like, "What's this blue foam?" And they'd peeled back the square. Um, you know when you've got a double glazed back door and only the top panel is glass and the bottom panel's plastic. Oh, okay, yeah. They'd like they'd like pulled that back, but they'd pulled it back on the opposite side 
of the handle. So they'd had to get their hands in and like got fingerprints all over everything. And then, but we'd stupidly left the key in the back door. I never, well, I've never done that since. But um, so there's never a lesson to be learned. But I distinctly remember I was still awake upstairs. Uh, we had like four dogs at the time as well. And um, no, no one made a noise. But I was, I was the only one still awake in the house. And I remember, I think they said they probably would have come in about 2am. And I remember hovering at the top of the stairs. And it was quite a creepy old house when I think about it. Like, there was a lot of holes in the floorboards. Like, my bedroom door was not attached to the hinges. I just used to prop it up against the door frame. <laughs> my bedroom was also on a slant. So my bed would sort of just angle slightly downwards. So that so was, like if you and, dropped and something on the floor, it would just roll to it, the other end of the room. But like really extravagantly, like I'm talking a proper slant. Like it wasn't just slightly like an actual. You, you could, could feel. You could yeah, feel. like like I was basically felt like I was sat up lying down <laughs> in bed, <laughs> just like, like some kind of like science experiment. Um, and then uh, yeah, I was hovered at the top of the stairs, and I remember this clear as day, thinking, right, I need some water for bed, and then I was like. Can I be bothered to go downstairs? <clears throat> nah, sod it. I'll just go. I'm sure I've got some water from the night before. They must have been downstairs whilst I was umming and ahhing as to whether to go downstairs. So I would have come face to face with whoever was burgling us. Oh. And do you know what they took? They took my mum's briefcase, which had plain paper in. And that was it. Wow. Well done then. And yeah, left fingerprints that. all over the gaff. Oh, everywhere. Drama central. Um, that wasn't even actually one of my stories, because also that didn't even include ghosts. No, that was just so, a story. No. <laughs> that was just a story. Um, should I tell you one of my ghost stories? Yeah, I'm really excited. I've been I'm literally on the ed- literally on the edge of my seat. Okay. So I'm going to start off with... Are you ready? Oh, my God. I'm going to start off with a tale of when I dog sat at my friend's house. I nearly broke into Taylor's oldest time then. (laughs) (laughs) So about seven years ago, uh, one of my friends and her mum went to a spa and they'd asked me if I'd house sit and look after the dogs because they were staying for the the weekend. They only had one dog um, and I had, I think I had, yeah, I had both the dogs, I think then. Or I might have only just had Bear, but anyway. So... This house is huge. It's in like a, it's in like a gated off bit. The whole house, um, I think their dining table had something mad, like twenty seats around it, and they had multiple living rooms. And each room that you walked in, the lights would turn themselves on, um, as you like on a sensor. Oh yeah, yeah. However, about and they were really, really, really spiritual, really spiritual family. Like her mum used to have dreams, and she'd wake up and be like, "This is gonna happen." And it would, and you'd just be like, "There's something mad here." And um, and there was a, yeah, there was a real welcoming sense of safety in the house. So, about a couple of months before this situation, the lighting system in the house had broken. So, and the guy who had designed the lighting system had also died. And so they couldn't get it fixed because it just didn't work. So they would have had to have spent a fortune to have a whole lighting system put back in. So anyway, they just had lamps in various rooms. But like I said, this house is 
massive. Wait, and can I was you just, on my so own. none of the big lights worked? Just none of the big lights, none of them. There were no light switches because it was all on an automated system. Um, so no lights in the house house worked except for putting lamps on. Okay, okay, okay. And this house, like the floor plan, was just huge, and it was also surrounded by really big gardens with really big trees. And like I said, there was a gate and an intercom, so the only way anyone could get into the house is if they have been were buzzed in. in. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so I'm sat there in the snug in one of the smaller living rooms, and um, it's just me and the dogs, and I can't remember we were watching probably some trash TV. And um, suddenly the dogs start barking and my whole body goes cold. And I'm like, oh, some, I feel like someone's here. And I feel like someone's here. And I'm like, I'm on my own. I'm on my own. I'm on my own. What? And I turned round to look back into the dining room. And in this dining room, like I said, it was pitch black. Well, not pitch. You could see a vague amount from like, I think it was like, like it's quite, as ridiculous as the sun. There's like moonlight shining in through the window. Yeah. And there's this like massive dining table. There's, it's one of those houses where they had like an indoor balcony bit. So the upstairs landing looked down in. Oh, like a mezzanine the... floor. No, literally like, like as if you had a balcony round. So it's not a mezzanine floor. It's literally just that if you imagine the upstairs of the house, you've just cut a hole out yeah. so that you can see down in yes, from yeah, the landing yeah. upstairs. Um, and so there was a tiny bit of light from that and there's like this big grand piano, beautiful, amazing house. Um, and <laughs> I'd picked Bear up and I had her dog as well and I looked out into the dining room and I absolutely shat myself. There was a man walking towards me with a hammer hanging down by his side. And I, I shit you not, I have never felt so much fear in my life. And this is where I realised that fight and flight also involves freeze. I completely froze. I threw, well, before I froze, I threw my cup of tea across the room. I, I like squeezed bear as tight as I could. Um... My friend's dog was barking her head off, and all I could hear was, Arr. and I was like, oh, I'm gonna die here. This is actually fucking terrifying. Um, and then, uh, turned out it was a handyman, and they'd left, let, given him the <gasps> key, and he was, oh my god. <laughs> so it was a real man, it was just a handyman, and he's oh from the god. deep dark. <laughs> Have I just fucked you up? Yeah, I'm gonna cry. <laughs> I can't believe I haven't told you that one before. Oh my God. Honestly, it was just it was just Jim and he was popping over because he said he'd come and put a picture up in the bathroom whilst they were away at the weekend, but they've forgotten to tell me. And also he's from like seriously like deep dark depths of the black country, so his accent's quite very Birmingham and it's very oh um he just sort of goes, Arr. And so yeah, so he was just wandering in with his hammer by his side. <laughs> my my Apple Watch has just told me to breathe. <laughs> How honestly in that moment though, why I would, genuinely? Why would you walk? Walk with the hammer? Oh my god! And he and it was in the in the dark, so he was walking slowly towards me with a hammer down by his side because he obviously didn't know I was there either. Did he shit and himself I just, too? Well, the, the worst part was the dogs were barking so loudly 
that I couldn't I couldn't find out who he was to start with. And I had actually met him before, so it was slightly less weird. <laughs> but um but yeah, honestly I've never felt fear like that. I genuinely I I was adamant in that moment I was just like, that's it, I'm just I'm gonna die here. I was that's fine. I was genuinely scared for you then. I was a bit I had a moment where I almost looked behind me. Like <laughs> I it's one of the most fearful moments of my life i've never felt anything like it oh, shut me it up made me yeah go on then <laughs> your go well i'm reading out uh other people's ones now um okay i've still got a few more of mine that's quite i've got one actually them. sam's mum sent me one which is quite a good one yeah do that one do um that one. so this is quite short um but i do i do know of this story but um a few days after their granddad died there was six, like literally a few days, there was like six of them eating Sunday lunch in the kitchen um, and the doorbell rang and Tasker, their dog at the time, barked and ran to the door. It's normal. Um, Bills went and answered the door and there was, but there was no one at the door. Um, and then when he came back in with the dog, there was like a huge icy chill that ran through the kitchen and every single one of them felt it. I think Sam said oh something God. along the lines of, I think Grandad's just joined us for dinner. Um, and I, when Sam's mum messaged me with this story, I was like, that is absolutely mad. I was like, he must have just wanted to kind of be with you all one last time. And she just replied and said, like, oh. yeah, he never missed any family event. And I was like... Oh. Like, that could just That's be mad really... coincidence, but, like, that just was a really nice story I thought not like a spooky one but like a, one of them ones that makes you just think oh that must have been really nice for them to kind of have that moment together I, I can relate to that I think especially for anyone listening to this who's lost people like people can say oh you're just open your eyes up to expect things and whatever looking for hope but I genuinely believe I mean we're all made up of energy so the energy has to go somewhere and I find it fascinating. I'll, I'll never be 100% yes, they exist, because you can't prove that. But I'll never be a full sceptic of anything like this, because I just find it fascinating. No, I completely agree. I've never seen anything, but I kind of... I'm... I can't... I've also not seen anything to completely disregard it, so... Yeah. I'll always... There's kind of a belief I think it's nice to believe as well so it for me it's kind of grounding and it gives me the thought of an afterlife gives me some kind of hope almost I completely agree I think um I think there's an element of fear around it for people when you talk about death but for me there's also an element of magic because it's kind of yeah. like oh my god where do we go like imagine if when you die, you could just hover about as a ghost for a bit and just scare the shit out of some people. I'll be having the best time. Same. If that's what happens, imagine... No, because if that is what happens, literally all the first thing anyone would do when they die is just, like, wake up and, like, go and throw, like, pieces yeah. of paper at people. Just I just do them. really pointless stuff. I just hide things. I'd just I'd... go in their ear and just go... Hello. <laughs> um, okay, so I'm going to tell you some of my um, medium stories. <gasps> even better, even better. Okay. So go. I've had quite a lot of medium readings over the years, whether it's um, like offhand ones or 
um, actually ones that I've gone specifically to. So hilariously, I used to go to, um, before my dad died, I used to go to this um, spirit night in, oh, I can't remember where it was. It's Wherever it is, is known as the largest village in England. And it begins with an S, but I've completely forgotten what it is. Anyway, so this village has a village hall, as they do. And um, every week... I think it was on a Tuesday you'd pay two pounds and you'd go and sit in this room full of people um and they'd get different mediums in every week and sometimes they'd be incredible and you'd listen to other people's stories and it would be I remember there was one particular couple who had lost their son in a motorbike accident years ago and this medium literally like described everything described who he was said his name like all this stuff it was absolutely bizarre to watch but then there was another medium one day who came along and just went I've got a John who wants to give you some Cheerios. And then she'd move on to like the next person and be like, I've got Sally who'd quite like to give you some Frutella. And then she'd go to the, and this went on for like an hour to make the situation more comical. The hymns we also sung. I don't know what has happened to me in my lifetime for me to have ended up in these scenarios. But anyway, the hymns we sung were hymn versions of pop songs. So it would be me and a collective of like, I'd say the general demographic would probably be mid-60s to, like, 80s. <laughs> all singing. Rich and just the... you. And all singing. singing S Club 7 <laughs> hymns. <laughs> there was, like, Ronan Keating, Robbie Williams, S Club 7, but all in a hymn style. Best fucking... I remember I took Campbell there once and he was like, what the fuck have you brought me to? But anyway. So I'd if... like to go. When we'll go, we we'll can, go I'd one like day. to go. We'll go one day. I haven't been for years, um, because obviously because I moved. But anyway, so I started going because my friend's mum went, and I, I've always been interested in the spiritual side of things. But basically, so I just used to like going to listen, and I never really had any readings. I had one that could have made sense about something really vague, but it wasn't really anything. So anyway, um, when my dad died, my dad, I remember just before he died, he turned around to me and he went. Oh, maybe maybe I can prove myself wrong and turn up at one of your spirit nights. And he always used to take the piss out of me. And we got quite candid with each other towards the end in terms of talking about death and like how we're going to face it and from each angle and how he felt about it and all this stuff. And it was really, it was really incredible to have that experience. And that sounds quite backwards. If you've ever gone through losing someone, it's a horrible time. But if you have those conversations, it, I mean, it altered my entire personality those conversations it altered my entire life and perception of everything for the better um so anyway after he died I was like all right I'm not gonna go to one of those meetings until I feel like I have a closure in myself that I don't need something like I'm not going yeah. along to this to say you're I not getting you're not this. looking for help with your yeah. dad basically for because I think with can, that grief process yeah because I think there can be an element where like we were saying a second ago where you're looking for something and you can almost fabricate noises and sounds and things happening yeah. because you're so desperate for that connection so I was like right I'm just gonna let the world take its course and I'll go back when I'm ready so anyway I went along um I still got I should have I should have pulled it out because I've got the transcript of what happened but basically me and Campbell went um I think it was about a year and a bit after dad died and um you, like I said you pay two pounds to go you're not paying an extortion amount it's not like someone just sort of going oh I've got a John Smith 
he might have existed in your lifetime. And they pick you out in front of people and they'll say, oh, I've got this person for you. They, there's this happening. And um, she came to me and it, it was the weirdest experience of my life. I thought it was about two minutes long. It turned out it was about 25 minutes, this reading. And I cried the whole way through it. And I'm really glad that they wrote stuff down. The maddest bit, right? So just before my dad died, we had this whole conversation about how he'd never meet my children. He would never um, be there to walk me down the aisle, like all of this stuff. And like I said, he never believed in that side of stuff. And, he, and he'd made that off the cuff. Maybe I'll try and turn up and prove myself wrong. And I shit you not, in this reading, she said, he remembers the conversation you had before he died. And he says, I believe you now. He said he regrets not being able to be there to do things like walk you down the aisle, etc. But he is a father for life, not just in this life. So he will walk you down the aisle, but he will walk back out with you. And I was, oh, sorry, I've just sent you over the edge. Um, and I swear to God, even Campbell, who used to be someone who was quite a sceptic around stuff, was just like, what the fuck just happened? And that wasn't the only thing that was said. There were multiple other weird things. Like, she said he, um, she goes, he said, stop changing the dog's biscuits up just stick with one biscuits and we'd been going through a period with bear where we had to keep changing his food because he wouldn't eat and he has like that really bad stomach yeah and then uh, i remember she brought up um she said there's children playing and there's a willow tree at the end of a garden and there's a stream or a river or something and someone and someone's cross and i'm like I can't identify with that at all. And I remember I came out of this and I phoned my auntie, my dad's sister, and I was like, look, does this make any sense to you? She was like, yeah, one of the houses when we were kids had a river at the bottom of it with a willow tree and we always used to try and play right next to the river under the willow tree and my parents used to get really cross with us. How mad is that? Do you know what? <laughs> Sorry, no, because I'm going to go double mad. Do you know my favourite place when I'm I'm gonna cry like major Aww. when I'm sad <laughs> I go and sit down by the willow tree by the river oh no this is gonna make me cry <laughs> I was thinking of me when you were saying that maybe I could come and tell you off why are we crying <laughs> oh my god this is who knew ghost stories was going to be such an emotional episode? How did we do loneliness and coping mechanisms <laughs> without crying? And now you talk to me about a willow tree. <laughs> there was another bit as well that was really lovely. And it was, um, so I do this weird thing. And I don't know if, you, I know you're weird with dogs as well. Both of us are just sat here crying. Um, I, I sing songs to the dogs all the time and I replace words with their names. Oh yeah, all the time. Favourite, yeah. favourite, favourite. Yeah, one of my one of my favourites will always be um, You Are My Sunshine. And I'll always sing that to Bear. And I remember I sung it, particularly started singing it around then, and that was one of the songs that was also brought up in that reading. I, I'm going to have to dig that reading out and, and find out the other bits of it, because that, I've never, never felt anything like it. it was, that is madness. It was phenomenally calming and overwhelming at the same time but just to have that he believes you now 
Oh, and the other bit. It must bits, have um, been so like kind of. Oh, there a was piece. more. Oh, go. Um, there was one where she said he keeps seeing you crying, and he he hates it. Like he can't handle it. He he doesn't want for you to keep feeling all this pain. Oh, I need to remember that one. <laughs> um, <laughs> and the other one was she's and this is a this is the weirdest one because this has come up in three medium readings now. Um. She said, do you feel something on the back of your neck sometimes at night? Or do you feel like your hair's moving? Um, and she was like, that's him stroking the back of your neck, trying to get you to go to sleep. And I was like, oh, that's weird. And the amount of times, you know, when you get like the spider shake, where you think there's a spider on you. I always get that. Um, so that's quite re reassuring. Um, and then just really quickly to round this up. There were two weird things that happened the night my dad died. About, I think it was about four weeks before he died, there was this noise in the house. You know when you drop a glass, but it doesn't smash? Yeah, all the time I do that mostly. <laughs> <laughs> and it goes like... Um, it kind of sounds like you've dropped a big marble. So yeah. about four weeks before he died, I think, there was this noise that kept happening that sounded like that. And it only happened like once every now and again. And I remember me and my sister went downstairs and she was like, she, this shows the difference in our mindsets because she thought someone was burgling us. And I was like, ooh, ghosts. <laughs> and so we went downstairs, couldn't find anything. And um, no, I thought nothing of it. Um, when I was like, I said, this was another house in the middle of the bloody countryside, pitch black. And then the night my dad died, he died at 5pm on a Sunday. Yeah. Uh, when was it? April something. Anyway, April 14th, I think. Um, and Campbell had come... Campbell was wearing my dad's football shirt at a Chelsea match. So he... And literally the moment my dad died, Campbell was stood in a... in uh, whatever Chelsea's home ground is, Stamford Bridge, wearing my dad's shirt. And the, I remember there's a picture taken of him wearing it almost exactly the moment he died. Really bizarre. Anyway, so he drove down that evening and he was sat outside. Um, he was having a cigarette or something. And this was quite late on in the evening. And my parents' bathroom window, so they had an ensuite, was right off to the edge of the, edge of the house. And I think Campbell had been sat there and he was like, right. And he, he does these funny things. And I don't know if you do it, but you'll be like, right, if I sit here and think, okay, if there's ghosts here, someone do something cool. And he was sat outside and he was like, right, give me a sign that you're okay. And he was sat outside and I think um, the there was no wind. It was really calm. I remember because it was really sunny around that time as well. And like I said, it was quite late at night. And our back gate just opened really slowly and then shut. And he shut himself <laughs> and ran inside. And then that night... I naturally was sobbing my heart out. Like, I've never felt heartbreak like it. Like, when your heart physically I hurts. I can't even chest. imagine. And um, I was lying in bed and we heard this noise. And it was the same noise as before, but twice. So it was like before it was one person. And now, and now it, was it was two, two people two together. People. And I genuinely, I felt this wave of calm just go like whoosh, over my body 
and I just stopped crying and my heart stopped hurting and I was like the fuck just happened and I remember Cabal being like what is going on <laughs> but yeah so anyway <laughs> that was a roller coaster <laughs> that was the most emotional 13 minutes of my week <laughs> wow kind of good though I feel like we've got some some good feels out I'm gonna put a trigger warning on this episode <laughs> Yeah, I think we need to. When I started with ghost stories, I thought it was just going to be fun, spooky stories. And then I forgot about the implications of the fact that ghosts means death. <laughs> so Right, so let's go back. Let's go really chaotically into a, a, a ghost story that is not just me talking about emotional shit. I still thought it was great. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I still thought it was great. But yeah, I just so that's my experience. That's why I'm so spiritual. There's a lot of things. It's not just a man in the dark with a hammer. There's a lot of stuff medium wise. See, it is mad. Um, your I think your spirituality comes from like that. It's been it, it's been there since before your dad. Obviously, if you were going oh, yeah. to these places, and for me, it's kind of weird because like there's a lot of grief and loss in your life and throughout your lifespan. And whereas in my lifespan, I've lost, I mean, I, my, I didn't have grandparents when I was born. They'd already passed away when I was born. Yeah. So I've lived my life with a really small family. Um, I, my great aunt died when I was 13, but I wasn't particularly like close with her. Um, yeah. And so I've never experienced close loss or grief. Like I've known people to pass away, but. Um, very few people that are like that close to me so it's really strange kind of hearing how your stories after that as well because it's something that I've never gone through and it kind of gives me that peace of mind that if something ever does happen that, that actually there is that's again like I say this is why I have a belief because that gives me peace of mind that people go on to somewhere nicer and also that yeah. they're then looking out for you as well I think that's nice and also I think it's so interesting that you've just touched on that because the reason why I talk so openly and gently and rawly about death and the loss of people close to you is because of nobody talks about it. So for me, ex exactly the same way you feel right now, I felt like that at 23 and then suddenly, well, actually, you know, I'd gone, I lost a lot of family members over the years, but no one as close as my dad. And because nobody ever spoke about death normally, like if you think about it, when someone dies, no one ever knows what to say. Because it's just like, it gets better with time. That's yeah, pretty much what you get. But they, you can't you say that go, until I'm like sorry. two weeks after because yeah, you have to wait for the. There is no real etiquette for it, and I, I mean, there shouldn't really be because every situation is different. There's no rules to grief. No rules. It's everyone finds it really hard to talk about whether it's you're going through it. Or whether it's like someone you know is going through it. And I think I terrify people with how offhand I am about it. Like I make some terribly dark jokes, which I <laughs> are not podcast worthy. Um, but anyway, all of that aside, there's this is not me being sad. This is me telling you stories related to grief and spirits and ghosts and all of the magic that comes with life. Yes, and the fact that was what I was going to say. It yeah. is the magic that comes from life. Yeah. And living. And, um, yeah, as much as I will put a trigger warning on this, I hope that actually people can see 
talking about death and grief and spirits and ghosts and all of these amazing things doesn't have to be scary or horrible. It can be normal. And actually, you can also be raw and cry and laugh about it and make dark jokes about it and then cry about willow trees if that's what happens. I can't believe we both just... I'm so glad we recorded the video of that because I cannot wait to watch this both grumble. I never want to watch that video. (laughs) One day I'm going to make a compilation of all of these videos and gift it to you in like a two-hour long sequence. Anyway, so... That's a great present. Let's go on to our first one from you. Okay, I'm now reading submissions yeah. from people. Um, as I say, any any words that I say wrong, it's because I'm dumb. <laughs> <laughs> um, so someone has submitted saying, I literally live next to a graveyard, which would terrify me. Uh, she, they say, you look out my bedroom window and it's right there. Often Louis, I don't know who Louis is, I'm assuming. Oh, I know who's written this. Louis is a dog, yeah. Okay, Louis the dog sits at the stairs in the dark and will bark. Oh, there we go, there's the clue. We'll bark. Yep. <laughs> even though there's oh, no cat. one there. <laughs> the cat is barking at the ghost. So Louis <laughs> the... Oh, Louis, I'm wearing my Louis. Oh, yeah, it's not Louis through, it's Louis the dog. Steph's yeah. got a Louis through jumper on. Yeah, also that sounded <laughs> like, like... Had like a Louis Vuitton jumper on as well. It's not Louis Vuitton. Also, can my we just Louis. address the fact that if we listen to that story differently, it sounds like Louis through sits at the bottom of her stairs barking at a graveyard. <laughs> okay, let me start the story again because I've, I've digressed telling it. This is the problem. I should have read them first because now I'm just <laughs> annotating it as I go. Um, so they literally live next to a graveyard. If you look out their bedroom window, it's right there. Louis will sit on the stairs in the dark and will bark even though there's no one there. Um, Often at night they will hear someone walk halfway up the stairs and then they'll walk back down and along the hallways. And they know this because the middle steps creak and so do the hallway, the flooring, the hallways. So they can literally hear someone. I just got chills. (laughs) Also, for comedy effect, uh, we've got really creaky floorboards in our house and Campbell may be stepping on them behind me. So I'm not doing this on purpose. Oh, that's horrible. That's given me goosebumps. Shall I go for one of mine? Yeah, we'll take it in turns. Let's just do a real quick flip flip. Okay, so I've got... So in my grandparents' old house, there was a woman that lived there. It had changed hands again after they sold it, so no one knew her. But the woman next door we'd known years. One day, she came out and asked our family friend a bit of history about the house. She asked why. The woman proceeded to tell her that she was a medium, but only her parents knew and she didn't use it at all and not even other family knew. She said that in the night, brackets around 3.20 I recall, but it was a few years, she woke up to a male figure in her room, brackets she knew it was a spirit. She followed him around the house as though he was just checking it it was as it should be and then he disappeared towards the door. This prompted our friends to message my auntie and ask how everyone was as my granddad had cancer. It was that exact day that my granddad had passed away in hospital. Oh, my spine. They had moved him at 3am and done their checks at 3.30 and he'd slipped away. He loved that house. It's where all my aunties and my mum were brought up. He didn't want to move. I've got shivers on every bit of my body from that one. Also, isn't 3am the actual witching hour? 
I think it is. That's like everyone thinks it's midnight, but it's actually three a.m. Oh, that was a good one. Well, don't I? Oh, yeah. You uh, do you know what? I nearly said this to you the other day, and actually, I'll 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 slide in another one of my stories after yours. Go. Okay. Oh, it's giving me the. I'm not gonna be able to sleep tonight. I'm gonna have to watch like I have to watch about ten more cartoons. Tracy Beaker. I have been watching Tracy Beaker. Tracy Beaker's mum is on yes. BBC iPlayer, by the way. And if you want Tracy to feel Beaker's old, mom. Tracy Beaker is my mum, isn't it? Is that what the series? Oh, is no, called? I know. I think it's no. Oh, I thought it was just Tracy Beaker's mum. Regardless, if you want to, if you want to feel really old now, watch that. Tracy Beaker and Justin Littlewood are the same age as us. I mean, they always were, but it's the fact madness. they've got the, the actual characters, like the actual actors as well. Even Cam is back. I hope they've got Duke and Mike. I used to love them from the dumping ground. I used to love Lol. Which one was Lol? She was one of the little girls, wasn't she? No, Lol was a boy. I think he was Welsh. There was like Lol and Bumper. Was he called like Bumper? I can't remember. Anyway, watch Tracy Beaker's mum. Mind blowing. It's phenomenal. It's <laughs> on CBBC. It's meant so for children. But <laughs> we have us got adults. problems. That's basically my what my Saturday is has been. I'm gonna watch Tracy tonight. Beaker. Right, if you'd have it... told me, sorry again, just before I start, <laughs> but if you'd have told me this time, maybe not last year, but this time 18 months ago, that in January 2021, I'd be spending my weekend watching Tracy Beaker and recording a podcast, I'd have been like, nah, that's madness. <laughs> anyway. Wearing a, wearing a Louis Theroux jumper. Wearing a Louis. I mean, I owned this 18 months ago. <laughs> wearing so a Louis. That bit right, was plausible. Give um, the story. So, not a typical ghost story, but I'm going to read this as they've typed it, so as if it's okay. me, just because yeah. it's easier. Oh, that's what I'm to... doing, yeah. I can't just read it straight person. out. My nan passed away 10 years ago this July. Me and my now husband had only been together six months, but were living together when she died. When I was little, she had this jar of purple-blue glass pebbles that I adored. We used to say we could see the dolphins and octopus, octopuses in it as it was like the sea. Two months after she passed away, I stepped out on my landing and there was a glass, a blue glass pebble on the first stair. I found them random places around my house, my car, my coat, my pockets for months. My husband knew nothing of this jar of pebbles as I'd never thought to tell him. Oh I kept God. seeing robins, white feathers, all of the normal signs. And then one day I read that spirits need you to acknowledge them so they know that you've heard. So the next time I found a pebble under my pillow, what? I said, thank you. No. And my God, I felt this rush of electricity and warmth through my entire body like nothing I've ever felt before. An encompassing warmth and comfort like when she used to hug me when I was little. Oh, I'm going to go again. Yep. (laughs) Now my children acknowledge Robins by... You can hear my voice breaking. (laughs) By calling them nanny birds. Oh, and but then, it's that calm. It's that weird wave. Is this... Hang on, is this following on from the same person? My nanny and Poppy, her husband, passed six months apart. His anniversary is Valentine's Day. Since they've gone, I've only oh my ever God, asked how them weird for help is that? two things. <gasps> that is weird. Because this is coming out on Valentine's Day. Whoa. No, it's not. Oh, it's not a lie. It's not that weird. Carry on. <laughs> That's last week. Um, but it is Valentine's Day tomorrow, so that is a bit weird. Um, yeah. Since they've gone, I've only asked them for help with two things. Once 
was it was minus 14 or something and our boiler had broken and I was really ill with tonsillitis and I asked if they could help get it running just for the night. My husband, who is a heating engineer, said there was no chance it was ever going to start again. It was dead. It started and it went on until her husband got the new part for the boiler in the morning. And the second our dream church was provisionally booked on our wedding day, I was devastated. And while in the church, asked them if it didn't upset anyone else, could they please help? The reverend came out and told me, as the couple had never contacted him back, he would allow us to proceed with the booking. <gasps> what? I'll never take it for granted, and I only use it in serious matters, as I believe they will help. That's amazing. I love shit like that. I love that. Shall I tell you about my um, my hypnotherapy briefly? Oh yes, yes. I love I love these stories. These make me so happy. They're so not, very weird. Really weird. I'm not going to tell the full lot, but basically, last summer in 2020, I went to have hypnotherapy for trauma because I couldn't get past childhood trauma stuff, and yeah, it was just too much. Nightmares in particular were overwhelming. Um. I still get them now, but not as badly. And um, really, really strange man in a cottage, like, down some weird track. I mean, I'm really glad Campbell came with me because I feel like it's the start of a murder story. Um, and I turned up and he was almost completely blind and almost completely deaf. And he essentially put me... People think of hypnotherapy and they think of it as, like, stage magic and, like, putting people to sleep and whatever. It's not. You just get... You get encouraged into a deeply meditative state and he used um, hand signals. So, like, from me, so, like, my fingers would um, involuntarily twitch, essentially, to give signals when he was asking questions. And Campbell came in and he watched as well and he said if he hadn't have witnessed it all, he would not have believed it. And um, there was one total sidebar, there was one thing, and I remember he told us he used to be part of the BBC Board of Premonitions, which, I'm sorry, when did the BBC ever have a Board of Premonitions? And how do I join it? Yeah, I was like, I'm um, ready for my close-up. Um, and but apparently it got like completely like dismantled and never they didn't use it um and he looked at me really funny at one point and he went he looked at me and was like do you have you get you get premonitions and I was just sat there like that's really weird and I do I genuinely do believe that I don't get clear things but I do get a sense that there's something more going on in the world that I feel very in tune with but I don't know how to tune into it if that makes sense anyway yeah no, yeah um and so and I've definitely told you this but one of the first parts of my hypnotherapy we looked into regression and if anybody's done regression before it's where you look into sort of past lives or oh no it wasn't actually regression it was looking into sub personalities we were doing sub personality work which is essentially the concept of when you go through a traumatic experience in your life parts of your personality like fragment off and you leave them in the past or you and so he started doing some bits of it but then he went off on a complete bizarre tangent and was talking about spirit attachments and long long story short I had a seven-year-old spirit girl who had apparently she was apparently related to me 
and died from I've told you this, what did she die from? Uh a fever. She died from a fever. Wasn't it like a like a Victorian kind of like a consumption no. type thing? No, am they I getting didn't, that wrong? They, they didn't. I think you and me talked about what it could be, but he didn't mm. give me any more details than that. He just said she died from a fever. Um, she was seven years old, and she had attached herself to me when I was eight, because she said that I made her feel safe and I made her feel comfortable. Um, and I, yeah, it just it blew my mind because he said that essentially that could have been part of the reason of why. I think I used to think, which because it's almost completely changed, which is very strange. But I used to think very, very, very childlike. Um, and my mind would be really overrun by real childlike stresses and overwhelming emotions. And as much as I do get overwhelming emotions, and I don't know if you've you, obviously you've known me since just before I had that hypnotherapy, but I've seen a huge change in myself in terms of I'm much stronger and much more confident and know who I am much more now. But How yeah, that you react was... to things. Yeah. I mean, even when, like, now when we've had, when we've gone through, like, our, our terrible days that we've had, it's kind of, it, you're handling those in a completely different way to where previously. Yeah. It's almost like, do you remember when you were a kid and you'd throw a tantrum and it was like you'd storm upstairs and then you'd slam the door 500 times and no matter what anyone else says, you they can't get yeah. into your head. But yeah. now... It's really weird because he said essentially it, it, and I don't know whether this is true, like I said, I take it with a pinch of salt but I've noticed a change in myself and he said essentially what it could have been is that she was influencing my thoughts because she was still seven, because she was yeah. trapped in time and I, he went through this whole... um hypnotherapy with me where I had to visualise actually this was fucking nuts I totally forgot about this because Campbell said it was like watching an exorcism because I sobbed like a child because uh, what happened was in this meditative, meditative state easy for you to say I had to envision seeing her leave me and it was I can see it now it was this huge like obtusely oversized oak door that was like pointed at the top and had carvings in it and it had started to open slightly and then just through the door was my dad and my auntie <gasps> yeah i remember you yeah. telling me yeah and basically like backstory my my dad and my uncle passed away six months apart from each other and then my auntie passed away in 2016 and they're all very special to me um and behind this door was my dad and my auntie and then my uncle slightly off to the side and that would make sense because I was much closer to my dad and my auntie than I was my uncle, but he still went along to me too. And they were all really, really happy to see this little girl coming towards them. And I let her go to them and then the doors shut. And it was just, yeah, it was just a mad experience. But yeah, so that's, <laughs> that's my hypnotherapy. I got goosebumps <laughs> again. I'm next to like an 80 degree radiator, so... Getting it's a goosey, goosey bumpy evening. Proper. I like it. I'm enjoying <laughs> it very proper. much. I feel like when I get into these kinds of conversations, I get so... I just really enjoy it. Me too. I've got a good one here. And I know it because the person's put, Oh, I've got a good one. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. Uh, so one night, me and my partner came back to my house after being at the cinema... My older brother was having a few friends around before they went out to town. 
Anyway, we pulled up and we could see lights on upstairs and we both saw a shadow either coming up or going down the stairs. We thought, bloody hell, he's still here with his friends. Anyway, unlocked the back door and our dog at the time was just sat looking straight at us, which was weird because he normally was either in the conservatory or on his bed. It was like he was sat there waiting for us. No one was in the house. Me and my partner both looked at each other and were shocked because we definitely, definitely saw someone going up or down the stairs. Oh. It wasn't a small shadow. It was a human-sized shadow. Oh. Oh. Another one as well. So this is from the same person. Yeah. The loft hatch my house has is prone... Oh my God, goosebumps. I've already it's read this one. to opening in the middle of the night between 2am <gasps> and 4am. See, witching hour! But only when my mum and dad are away and it's just us two in the house every single time. Nope. I'd burn the, nope. I'd burn the loft off. <laughs> <laughs> I think I replied to that one and I was like, I would seal that the fuck up. You know that like spray stuff you can get in a can that like... Adhesive. That sealant stuff that ex- yeah. expand oh. and foam, expand and foam. I would just be like that in the loft hatch. <laughs> I think I'd just burn the house down. I'd be like, absolutely not. Goodbye. Absolutely not. Shall I give you um give you another story from my inbox? Yes. So this begins. I'm still unsure about this, but I'll tell you anyway. Mm, good start. My dad died when my son George was three, and they were incredibly close. He died pretty suddenly and George didn't really understand what was going on. So until I could figure out what to tell him, I told him his granddad had gone on holiday. Brackets, yes. I know I won't win any parenting awards for that. I think you will, to be fair. That's quite well, I mean, I mean, we all have to deal with no things rules. differently. Yeah, exactly. come on. A month or so after, George was in the living room talking and laughing. I asked him what he was doing and he said, quite, talking to granddad and pointed to the door. He then pushed past me and ran through the back door, opened it up, shouting, bye, granddad, then waving at the sky. I was completely freaked out, so I asked him what was going on. And he said that granddad had come back off holiday, but I told him he was going to go and live with Nana now in the sky. My mum died before he was born, so he didn't know her. Jeez. If anyone came here for scary ghost stories, I'm sorry for your emotions today. I've had a couple of spiritualists in who have both said they feel my dad's presence in my son's room and logically I know he could have just picked up on the situation as kids are bloody smart but I also like to think that perhaps this was my dad coming to say his last goodbye. Kids are extra sensitive to this stuff. Oh I yeah. Think, I think kids it's... See everything. Um, society like drums it out of us, doesn't it, to be a tune with these things I think when you're born you're like completely connected to the universe and you, you I think also you lose... grow out of it unless you kind of have things that make you stick with it I think there's I wholeheartedly believe there must be some kind of frequency that children and elderly people are on have you seen yeah. that program about um what was it it was on Netflix it was the stories about death I haven't but I know I know the series you mean I've been meaning to watch it Oh my god, if if anyone's enjoyed this episode and it's blown your mind, go and watch that. Right, come on, give me another one. Okay. I've got your replies here as well. <laughs> oh no, it's not. I copied and pasted it and then I've screenshot part of the words. It's that they've added stuff. So, ah. um, so my mum and her sister had to move to an apartment with their mum when they were little. It was a multi-storey apartment. 
Mandy, the sister, said she didn't like her room much because an old old lady kept tapping on the window from the fire escape. My nan and mum thought she was talking rubbish. One day, apparently, my auntie opened the window and talked to the old lady who was looking for her cat. Uh-huh. My nan came in and asked who she had been talking to, and Mandy <laughs> described the old lady and her cat she had been looking for. My nan contacted the landlord about it being inappropriate for a tenant to keep using the fire escape and tapping on windows. Turns out the old lady had died after being hit by a car looking for her hat. Uh, cat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry I ruined the end of that. But apparently loads of her mum's family so have much... seen ghosts. It's a pagan thing. And the old lady had apparently died like five years before. Looking for her cat, not her hat. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, the suspense was really getting to me. And then you said hat. Jeez. I oh, told you on, I wait, would make a mistake. They, where did they live? In like... It says in a in an apartment... But like multi-story. But I'm imagining like basically like the friends' friends. apartments with the fire escapes because that's obviously the only experience I've ever had of a multi-story apartment with fire escapes. I think it's the word multi-story as well. It made me think of multi-story car park as well. Yeah, same. So in my head, you just live in a multi-story car park. You just live in Bentles. I like that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Right, should I give you one? Yes. Um, Right. Your museum does horrible walk around the village pointing out ghosts. They all do, also do a ghost tour in Epsom in normal times. Wait, Hampton where's this? Court. Where is this? Your museum. Oh, I'm writing that down. I'm going. Yes, me too. I will <laughs> we'll go there. Okay, yes. cool. We'll go. <gasps> Keep you company trip. Yes, business trip. <laughs> a family friend used to live in a pub with a poltergeist who used to turn the taps on, take off necklaces, etc. Until one day she played with the matches. What? Ugh. Until one day she played with matches in the bedroom and set the pub on fire. <gasps> no. Fire... They're always in pubs, I told you. Fire investigation with matches in the bedroom. The only thing there, in there, was a poorly dog who could hardly move. Oh, Luke, is it so fine? Oh. That's the saddest story we've had so far. I don't like it. Shall we, shall we? Right, move on. I don't like that <laughs> one. No, I might cut that. <laughs> I've got a good, I've got a couple of good ones coming up. Um, So really super quick one. I'm pretty sure my ex-boyfriend's dead aunt once threw a china doll at me. <laughs> <laughs> I know who wrote that as well. <laughs> the story that follows is great. I mean, it's mental, but it's great. He'd found his uncle's jacket in the wardrobe and put it on, at which point said china doll flew off the top of the wardrobe seemingly levitated over various no. other hideous pieces of china and smashed on the floor, narrowly missing my head. Cue lots of nervous laughter. His mum's earrings also used to fly out of her ears. Ugh. Out of her ears. And family photos would flip themselves over. Caveat, I loved staying over. <laughs> oh, fuck. I that read the first part of that. I did not know the rest of that. Well, I'd read I'd read the word his mum's earrings, but as I said, I was trying to avoid reading any actual detail. So I'd sick. never read that sentence. That sounds that makes me feel gross. That feels like what was that film oh, where that girl's head got like smashed off by a telegraph pole? Oh, I know the one. It's on Netflix. Insid- um, insidious? Not insidious. Hereditary. 
Hereditary. Don't ever watch that. Oh, I loved no. that film. I thought it was great. I highly recommend is, if you like that. If you like gore, I don't like gore. And once every five years, somebody will make me watch a horror film, and it will burn into the back of my brain for the rest of time. And now I'm too scared to walk downstairs at night in case there's a lady on the ceiling like this. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That's, when the mum goes all weird on the ceiling. That's why I don't look into dark corners of my house, just in yeah. case there's like an upside down spider lady. It's always upside down spider uh, ladies. Lady. Always. Always. So, next story, which I personally like, starts with capital letters of ghost story and like four exclamation marks. So, I like this person very much already. I like this person a lot, but I'm biased. My mum used to stay in B&Bs a lot for work. She always stayed in room three in this one pub. But one week, they moved her to a different room. In the night, she saw a man stood in her room in a top hat. Another pub. Another pub. Always in a fucking... Oh, this was a B&B by mistake. Oh, no, it was a pub. Yeah. Always in a fucking pub. No wonder they've shut pubs during coronavirus. <laughs> I haven't heard a ghost scary. story for the whole of lockdown. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I bet these ghosts are well pissed. They're like... Proper bored. Guys. They're going to have a... A hoot. It's going to be like Halloween when we come out of lockdown. Um, Okay, so she saw a man in her room in a top hat. She told him he'd got the wrong room and to leave. And he disappeared. I love that she just said you've got the wrong room. (laughs) She's just like, excuse me, guys. (laughs) You are in the wrong place. Don't you come in here. You're in the wrong room. (laughs) Yeah, please go back to heaven. Courage. The next morning, she asked if the B&B had any hauntings. And she said she'd seen this man. They asked if she was in room three. There's been a lot of stories in that room. When she said she was usually in that room but had moved this week, they said he must have noticed she wasn't in there and come to check on her. (sighs) Who is he? I need more information. Yeah. He must have come to check on her. We need to do an episode two. We need to do an episode two of Ghost Stories. We need more information. We need more information on that and we would like to do a whole extra episode. I think I might be sick. I'm so stressed with, in the best way. I'm enjoying this so much. I'm I'm nervous because the next one I've got is quite big and I half read this one before and I had to Google some words to okay, get the go. pronunciation. Go, go, so go, go, I, go, go, go. Right. This as well, this one says ghost slash psychic stories post. So the person says, I've not really talked about it but thought it might be of interest. I'm a lifelong cynic when it comes to mediums, as I've seen so many blatant charlatans. But my stepmom took me to a dinner and reading evening at her local psychic night, and I went more for the entertainment than anything. We were meant to sit down and have fish and chips and each get a reading through the meal. I was already miffed because the fish and chips fell through, so we got a crap cold (laughs) buffet that was a table full of beige. So when I was the only person at our table who didn't get a reading... I was pretty annoyed at having paid out for this thing and getting nothing like they promised. I mean, understandably, if you thought you were getting fish and chips and a reading and then you get... I mean, I like beige food, but I'm in a minority, I imagine. <laughs> I'm in a menagerie. I'm in a menagerie. Um, so I'm I'm with you. I'm quite annoyed for you. Um, yeah. Like my dad, I enjoyed toying with the fake mediums, letting them... stringing them along with whatever they thought they had winkled out of me. Winkled, what a great word. I know, great word. But the guy said there wasn't anyone coming to him for me and I chalked it down to him being a blatant cynic. But then another guy came over while I was sat with my dad. 
He said he would like to speak to me if I was open to it. And I said, sure, in brackets, get my money's worth somehow. (laughs) He told me he had been kept awake several times over the last week by a young girl with a mass of black curls and a massive grin who kept trying to grab his hands to see him. My cousin had passed a few months before very suddenly. She was blind and recognised people by their hands. He said she had told him to find the girl with the cladder ring. I always wore one but had taken off all my jewellery so it could be so it couldn't be used as an in for the for the oh charlatan mediums. So she'd taken off this ring, basically. Yeah, because then people can't say, Oh, there's that significant yeah. piece of jewellery, yeah. And he stressed how important it was that I didn't feel guilty, that she loved me and was safe and was not in any pain. We were incredibly close as kids and I had wandered off as teens do, not really thinking much about visiting her. I'd been tormented by that since she passed. He also gave me a message for Deb, which is my aunt's name, that made no sense to me, but when I passed it on to her, my aunt collapsed in sobs. It was a secret between her aunt and her... The aunt, it was her daughter. Yeah, her daughter. Oh, God, again. Nobody outside of them knew the importance of it. I can't remember it now as this was back in 2007, but she confided she had been suicidal at not having her daughter around and that it gave her some comfort to know they would be reunited. This may have been the work of a brilliant faker, but the comfort it provided myself and my aunt was a lifeline when we needed it, so I'll always be grateful for that. That one's got wow. me. Wow, yeah... Wow. God, guys, I really, I thought this was going to be... Damn it, guys, we needed more... No, that was amazing. That These was... Are, I can't, I'm just so grateful that people was, are like, because that's major. This. Yeah. yeah. That's you. major. That was a, a really good one. And I did, I mean, when we started this, I thought we were just going to have, it was just going to be us being really silly and having a lot of fun. Yeah. And I didn't think that this was going to be a deep one, but I'm actually so glad that it has become yeah. that, because that is... Also, it's reminding me to put life back into perspective again. Yeah. And I think it's reminding me what what means something to us and what we really need to just stop worrying about. But anyway, so I've got another one. For my old care company, we used to see this lady who was bedbound. The moment you walked in, you knew that the house just didn't feel right. I was feeding her in the lounge where her bed is and the curtains were closed as it was night time. My colleague was in the kitchen making her a cup of tea and we both heard banging upstairs. Knowing that no one goes upstairs apart from her son, we decided the best thing to do would be to investigate to ensure our client was safe. Brackets. After we had fed her and settled her down for the night. We both went up and very very slowly and despite the whole house usually being sheltering hot. Sheltering? Sweltering Sweltering. (laughs) It does say sheltering but I'm assuming typo. (laughs) It was freezing upstairs and we could see our breath. The doors to the upstairs are always closed, so we found the bedroom that the noise was coming from and it took us a while to open the door. When we did, the bed looked as if someone was sleeping in it. <gasps> we could see a body under the covers and I thought, oh great, someone's broken in. So I took a broom and poked the body and the duvet went flat as <gasps> if it had just been made. <sighs> Shit. So we ran back downstairs and the living room lights were off. Brackets, client was now asleep. And we both saw a man stood in the living room by the curtains. And I shit you not, I very almost shit my pants because he ran at us (gasps) and disappeared. (gasps) 
we so did that's basically go ba- your Hammerman story, but real. I mean, mine was technically real. It's still real story. It just wasn't. And he just came to put a picture up. <laughs> we did go back to the house after this happened. And although the house was eerie and we could hear banging and cupboard doors would open and shut, we never saw anything like that again. I still remember it clear as day. What a fucking ride. <laughs> what a fucking ride. <laughs> what a fucking ride. What a great way to end that. That was a ride. Oh, my God. So I've, this one begins with, does a ghost story about my dog count? To which I've even yes. copied and pasted where you've put in response, yes, in capital letters. <laughs> uh, yes. Um, okay, so it was the day after she'd been put down. Mum and Dad went out for the evening, so I was alone in the house. Whenever Mum and Dad used to go out, my dog, Inca, would run upstairs. She wasn't allowed to normally. She would, hang on. Open my door by banging it open and jump to sleep on my bed. I'm alone in my room. Mum and Dad go out. There's a big bang on my door and it creeps open. Obviously nothing was there. It creeped me out, but I think it was her way of saying goodbye. Oh, oh. That's going to make me cry because it's about a dog. Because it's a dog. <laughs> right, we're going we're gonna to keep going at this pace. Okay, go. Okay, so... Uh, quick backstory... Uh, I'm in a Facebook group of hilariously wonderful people and every year we have a prom. This is me saying this. This is one of the girls from it. She said, I saw a ghost at prom last year. The room I was staying in had a light over the dressing table. We were getting ready for prom and the light started flickering. We joked and asked them to stop and the light went off. After a few minutes, I asked if they could turn the light back on and it came back on. Then my dress, which was draped over a chair, fell off as if someone was sitting on the chair. A few seconds later, our bathroom door opened and the bathroom light went off. That night, I woke up feeling like someone was in the room. There was an old man sat in the chair looking towards the bathroom. I turned the light on and he was gone. He was probably that weird hotel manager that wouldn't listen to me about the bed bugs in the other hotel. (laughs) True story. Um... Darby, everybody. That one gave me goosebumps. Yeah, that one... That one was... Woo! Right, okay. next up. Okay, so I've got a few, but I might not have time to type them all out, so here's my fave. This happened shortly after my granddad died and I was in their house alone. Me and my granddad were super close and he used to pick me up from school. We had a TV routine. He would put up with me watching... And they put in inverted commas, Sabrina the Teenage Bitch, as he called her, <laughs> brackets big lol. Then I'd put up with the news and then we would watch Simpsons together. Anyway, I'm sitting there in the living room and I settled on Sabrina, put the remote down and the channel changed. I thought a button was stuck. No, I put it back on to Sabrina and the channel changed. I did the rubbing the batteries thing, put it back on, (laughs) channel changed, put it back, took the batteries out, the channel changed. It kept changing to a show he liked called Becca every single time. (laughs) Changed it back and said out loud, stop messing with my TV. Heard the toilet (laughs) flush upstairs, jumped... Went up the stairs to check, no one there. Came back, Weird. Becca was on. Hardcore, hardcore trolling by a dead man. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. Your granddad is jokes. <laughs> That's mad. I love I'd that. be like, come on, man. Like, yeah, seriously I, now. I'd be like, come on, just let me watch Sabrina. Sabrina the teenage bitch is, is spectacular. It's I wonder why phenomenal. he hated her so much. Phenomenal. 
Uh, this is my last one. Okay, cool. I moved house when I was 12, 13 years old and my mum was putting plates away in the kitchen. My auntie was helping. My mum then felt a really hard poke in her shoulder so she started saying, ouch, Kerry, that really hurt, to my auntie but turned around and my auntie wasn't even in the house. She was outside getting more boxes. My mum forgot about this and my auntie told her later that the exact same thing happened to her. In brackets, either they both made up that story to freak me out or it was true. I then found a proper weird Mary statue. I'm guessing, like, Jesus As and Mary. In, yeah. Is in, in Mary, blue. Mary. Yeah. yeah. I then found a proper weird Mary statue hidden away in the loft and I'm pretty sure it was haunted. Turns out the person who lived there before had died there, so my auntie told them to do one. <laughs> we didn't experience <laughs> anything else after that. Poor Mary was probably really innocent, but it proper freaked me out. That's hilarious. I told her to do one. But also, imagine That's like uh, the feeling the pokes thing is. is yeah, mad. no, the it's when you feel stuff. The physical aspect of it freaks me out. I know what you mean. Right, so I've got one more. And oh, fantastic. If you've been feeling emotional up to this point, you're about to just leave this scared. Um, so, my mum and her cousin were out walking around an old hall in my area. It's a family hotspot in the summer, so nothing out of the ordinary. But there was a little girl that was crying, so they reassured her, played with her for a while and walked her home. They left her playing in the garden and told her they would knock on the following weekend. Except when they went back the following weekend and asked for her, the woman at the door broke down into tears. Apparently the girl had passed away nine years earlier. Nine years. Nine years. Nine years. Nine years. Nine whole years. Ghost children are the scariest. There's more ghost children, I think, than... there's. Oh, no, hang on. My favourite thing about ghosts, though, is that... There's no modern ones. There's no modern ones. You get ghost children and you get, like, ghost axe murderers and serial killers and, like... You don't just get, like... You don't get, like... Britney. People shopping in Sainsbury's. Obviously, because Britney's not dead, but... Well, who knows? <laughs> well, where's Prince as a ghost? Yeah. Why are we not here? Freddie Mercury, come yeah. to my house. Like... That's so true. Maybe we'll do, when we do another ghost stories episode, we'll try and do it on celebrity ghost stories and we'll do some research. We can, that's a good one. Right, well, I think that's us. This I mean, is I madness. can go on forever. This is going to be about two hours long, so congrats if you've managed to listen to this. <laughs> yeah, this is, and I still want more. I still want more. Same, I could, I could go forever. Oh, this so is... please, even, even if you're listening to this now and you think, oh no, Missed my chance. You have not missed your chance. Do it. Send oh, no, us we're all your stories now. I'm so excited. I love them. Yeah. So, um, amazing. I can't really believe how many. I mean, we still had, sorry if we've missed your messages off. We we've we had so many come through and I've still got a heap of them. Um so like I said, we'll hopefully do an episode two. But I'm just overwhelmed with how incredibly touching some of them were i was i was expecting them all to kind of be uh silly things Shocking. like i was sat at my mate's house and a book fell off their shelf and i mean if that's your experience i'm not i'm invalidating that <laughs> <But> the, <laughs> yeah the openness that we've just got from people 
Um, and the detail. And yourself as well, the detail with, with your medium stories. It's just mad, a madness. A madness, crazy. I tell you. Absolutely crazy. Yeah, we're really, really grateful. And it, it was it's just still really enjoyable to record. Oh, one last thing as well. I wanna, I'm going to put some pictures of these on our um, Instagram. So, my friend Katie, I'm showing the camera to Steph, look, she's not seeing them. Um, my friend Katie, who runs a business called Mermaid Makes Waves, please go and check it out, she's on Etsy, has made us a mug with our logo on. It's so, it's amazing. so cool. It's so good. She got one of those cricket, I think it, I think you say it cricket. I used to say cry cut, but it's It's spelled cry cut. But it. Um, machines, yeah. So she's been doing a lot of like vinyl stuff. So it's super cool. So go check her out. She is Mermaid Makes Waves. And yeah, it's us. Um, yeah. I can't believe my face is on a mug for like legitimate purposes and not just like a birthday mug, you know, <laughs> like you know the ones that you get. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love sending people. My favorite thing to do is, you know, how, um, especially when you're like hungover or tired, you'll send your mate an ugly selfie. My yeah. favourite thing to do is send people mugs for their birthdays with one of those on. What, one of your ugly selfies? No, one oh. of their own. <laughs> oh, I'm going to have to go and check the chat now and see what I've sent you. I'm nervous. My birthday's in four weeks today and I'm oh, obviously... yeah. Yeah. It will be technically three weeks for anyone listening, so... Oh, yeah. Just oh, yeah, because we're catching up. Anyway, right, so... Time to go. Sounds... Time to go, time to leave... Time to leave this on a good note because we need to remember to be busy. That's got me feeling, I mean, I like a bottle of shaken up, I'm a shaken up kind of Coke, mainly because I had a can of Coke whilst we recorded that. <laughs> <laughs> I feel good. I feel, uh, it's been a roller coaster, but sometimes it's nice to have a roller coaster on other people's emotions instead of just your own. <laughs> and the catharsis from crying five times in that episode. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Wow, Thanks, guys. we've had a lot. <laughs> so I hope everybody is okay. Um, as we've done in previous episodes, we're super heavy on the mental health check-ins and I hope you guys are all coping. Please remember that we are still in a pandemic and it is completely okay if your brain is melting and everything is just a bit shit. It's fine. If you cannot do anything in a day, if you're literally the only achievement you have is that you woke up, then I'm really proud of you for doing that because that is an achievement in itself. Sometimes it's really hard just to even have got to that far. So, well done. Yeah, being alive is hard. So, 10 out of 10 on TripAdvisor. For you. For you. For you. For you. Right, okay. <laughs> okay, we're going mad now. So, okay. before this outro is another 10 minutes of us driveling... <laughs> We'll see you next week, yeah. See you next week, bye. 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 I don't know why I'm waving. I don't know why I'm waving either. (laughs) One, two, three, stop. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. We are so grateful to have you on this journey with us and you can join in the conversation further via our socials. You can find us on all popular streaming sites where you can like, review and subscribe. You can also DM us your questions and queries on Instagram and Facebook at Keep You Company.